Turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12 with me. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, Where seeing also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. The title of my message today is Following God's Plan for Your Life. You know, as you go through life, obviously, plans change, times change, your age changes, the ability changes, the way that you do things change, your mind changes. There are things that change about us. And there are parts of our life where we've fulfilled the plan and parts where we've missed the plan. But how many of you know God actually has? He actually has a plan for your life. I I had a young man one time that came up here, and he had had a church in another city in North Carolina. And uh, it was really interesting, while he was up there, you know, I kind of followed him as a person, and he would say the Holy Ghost told him things, but every time he told me the Holy Ghost told him things, it just never seemed to work out. I'm not saying the Holy Ghost didn't tell him. I mean, there are a lot of things we we, we hear from the the Lord, but that that doesn't mean we did the stuff God wanted us to do. To get to where God wanted us to get. He ended up closing the church. And I remember when he came, I had him come up and do communion that morning. And a lot of people had opinions about him as a person. But as I was standing there, he was in the audience. He had closed down his church and he was trying to make a decision what he was going to do. I I invited him on the platform and said, I want you to come help me do communion during the service, which I don't do. But I did. And I had him come up and I had him do one of the one of the elements and he prayed over the element and all that stuff like that and when he got done I just looked at him on the platform and I said I said uh, I, I spoke to him directly and clearly that the anointing and the call of God is without repentance how many of you know God doesn't change his mind he ain't like you he's not like us he doesn't change his mind he knows what he's talking about How many know he knows what he's talking about? It's not a mystery to God. He knows where we're going. He has a divine plan that's set up just for us at every stage of our life. We've had visions and dreams. We've had all kinds of things that come to us. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to hit the plan because he had the plan. We hit the plan because we did what was necessary. After that was over with, he was going to start a church in Florence. He chose not to do that and opened a bar. How many know he didn't follow the plan? Somebody say amen. It wasn't that God had plans for him. It's that every time God would give him direction, every time God would try to infill him, how many know he drops the plans into our hearts? He gives us the desires of our heart. There are things God drops inside of us. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I dated, when before I dated Amy, I dated, I, and, and this is the thing, let me say this to all of you in this room that are dating, it's a waste of time. I ain't got no shout, and the whole church should have shouted on that one. Because he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of, how many of you understand, God will actually lead you and show you. Instead, I chose the dating path. 
got into a lot of trouble, made a lot of messes, and had I married any of those people, probably would have been divorced within 20 years. And yet there was a girl seven years younger than me that God had, had set up that met the criteria of my life. It, you, know, you, you know, at that time I was trying to find a girl with this look and this color hair, and I grew up in a denomination where if you were going to get married, you had to marry a girl who could sing and could play the piano. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's, that's how it was. And so I was always looking for that. And God had prepared for me a girl who was being raised that lo- was going to love children. Man, if you know Amy, one of the reasons Family Worship Center has grown is because that girl loves children. How many got children in, in, in celebration? They come home. It's like, a, I don't know how she does it. I go in there. It looks like a free-for-all. I went in there one time to straighten her out, ran off all of her workers. She told me when I left the building, I said, sit down, you sit down. Why are they running around? Sit down. You, what are your workers doing? When I got done, as she walked over to me before the service, she, she ran off all my workers. And you know, she was right. They all quit over me. But God had this little girl that was for me. Not for nobody else, but for me. He didn't have somebody else's plan designed for me. Amen. And when I found her, there were characteristics of her that nobody else had to pick because it wasn't their characteristics, it was mine. That God had a plan for me. And I want you to know something. God has a plan for you. He has a real plan for you. And there's a race we're running. And it's a race that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us into. I'm going to be a little in-depth in this because I think many of you have had plans that God has birthed inside of you. Dreams and visions that you've seen. And there are things that you're either going to do or have not done or might do or might not do that have hindered you from getting to where God wants you to go. And if you listen to me this morning, I want to help you. How many of you know God places us in places? And if we understand how He places us, He said fitly join together when God seats you somewhere he fitly joins you you are a piece of a puzzle and there is a process there that makes an impact that's going to reflect in the rest of your life and being stable in that process is important amen and 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 what you hear matters somebody say amen you can't mix doubt and unbelief with faith and get faith Somebody say amen. Amen. You can't mix doubt about the Holy Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit at the same time and get the power and move of Spirit. They have to be, you have to design, you have to be designed by the Word of God. And it has to fit the Word of God for your life to effectively become what it would. First of all, you got to know you're in a race. You got to understand you're in a race. Then you have to understand there's a cloud of witnesses that are around you. I thank God for this. I'm positive that my mom and dad are both in heaven, and every day they're watching down on the spiritual stuff going on in Steve's life. How many of you are glad to know some of your family members are going, go, baby, go? How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? I know you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Mama's just watching. Amen? Waiting to see how good you're going to do. I just thank God for that. And the reason Paul described it this way, he wanted us to understand that, that, that it was like the arenas of Rome. 
that the runners would go out into this race and there were people that were just all around them in these arenas and as they ran their race people were watching them there was applause people standing shouting listen when you make it and when you get to where you're going there's a shout in heaven hallelujah if it's only your grandma or only your mother somebody saying good way to go somebody ought to shout amen right there I'm excited about my mom and dad seeing me. They spent a lot of time with a lot of waste in Steve's life. And to see me do this, they got to be happy. How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe you still got your mind left a little early. But man, I know they're shouting right now. Thank God there's a cloud around us. That when we fulfill God's plan and purpose in our lives, that there's a cloud of people that are, that are for us. That are excited about it. Listen to this. This is the Hebrews chapter 12, 1 from the Living Bible. It says, since we have such a huge crowd of men and women of faith watching over us from the grandstands, let's run with patience the particular race that God set before us. Paul's illustrating that there's, a, there, there's, a, there's the stands of heaven watching us run our spiritual race. Somebody say, thank God. And remember this, when your day is done, you're going to be up there shouting for somebody else. Come on, somebody, we're shouting and thanking God and praising God. In Hebrews 12, Paul was saying, in essence, all these heroes that I've listed here, all the believers ahead of you who died are watching from the grandstands of heaven, and they're running as we run our spiritual race. That ought to make you excited. Come on, church, that ought to make you excited. Hallelujah. It's not just you're running and nobody's watching. Amen. There's grandstands. When I watched football yesterday and I watched Ohio State playing Notre Dame, there were 70, 80,000 people watching, screaming and hollering. And don't tell me it don't make a difference because if it had been played in Notre Dame, the score might have been different. Hallelujah. When we play and we fight and we run our race, there's a crowd of witnesses that are shouting on our behalf, that are believing for it. Come on. Somebody's cheering you on. I can't prove this, and I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, there's some things you don't base doctrine on. But I tell you, my dad, I can just tell sometimes, especially when he had just passed. It felt like, it felt like I was aware more than I am now. But it felt like that he was right there going, you got it, son. You can do it, son. Come on, somebody's cheering for you. Somebody's on your side. God's on your side. But it's more than that. They're watching. The Living Bible says this, it says this, I, since I have this huge crowd of men of faith watching from the grandstands, I'm supposed to strip off anything that slows me down or holds me back. And especially the sins that wrap themselves so tightly around my feet and trip me up. In other words, Paul was saying here, when you go out into your race and you're running your race, you've got to run it in an equipment that's adequate. In an equipment that's adequate. You can't put on a coat and run a race. When you watch sprinters and runners, they, they get down to a bare minimum of clothing so nothing's dragging behind. And it's not catching the wind and all that stuff. They've got stripped down to the sleekness of their body and clothes that they can run the smoothest and cleanest race they can run in. They don't have things bond, binding them that are not adequate for the task. And many of us are running with things that are holding us back, that are stripping us from the plan of God. There are decisions and choices, stuff that we're dragging with us that are holding us back from the plan. There are choices, things we're hanging on to that are holding us back from running God's race. 
You know, God is not the reason you are not going. God is no problem. God is not the issue in relation to you getting to where God wants you to go. God is not your problem. If anything has happened, you can't blame the people around you. You can't blame the situation, circumstances. You've got to look back and say, did I follow the plan of God? Did I make the right choice? You know, Amy and I went to buy a house and we, we, we had just gotten here and this was early in the ministry. We didn't have a W-2 just starting the ministry. We just trying to pay our bills. I didn't even take a salary at first. And I mean, for about two years, I took, or three, I took no salary from Family Worship Center. We just lived off Amy. She was a teacher. We lived off her money living in an apartment. But it came time to buy a house. We needed to buy a house. We went to the real estate agent to buy this house. We get to the real estate agent. We're going to buy this house. And so they travel us all over. You know, the real estate agent takes us all over Florence looking at houses. I don't know how many we went and looked at. Finally, they brought us down this road. It was perfect. It was just right. It was what we're looking for. The right number of bedrooms. We could remodel the house. We were flippers at one time, Amy and I. We made a lot of money flipping houses. That's actually how we ended up starting the church. Amy and I had flipped a house and and uh, we had enough money from the house flip to build the church. And so, anyway, long story short is, we know how to do that. Thought we could make a little money off a house, and let's just buy one. So this was the one we wanted. We went back to the real estate, filled out all the paperwork, and the lady said, she said, uh, we got your stuff back. You don't have a W-2. We can't qualify you to buy the house. You can't buy that house. Well, we were done because there was nothing else we could do. There's no other way. We weren't going to pay, you know, 50% interest to buy a house, whatever, so we decided we'd go a year, stay in the apartment, get the W-2 together, get everything worked out financially the right way, and then we'd come back and look at a house. So a year later, we had all of it done. we come back to buy the house again, same real estate agent. we go in, and we're back to the same old thing. We're riding around to find a house. As we're riding around to find this house, now remember, God has a plan for your life. At every stage of your life, God has a plan for your life. See, I know the NFL is not calling me. I wish they would. You know, I saw that they paid, what's his name in Denver, $260 million, $258 million to come and throw a football. I think that should be me. It's not going to be. They're not calling me. I'm too fat. I can't believe I just said that about my skinny self. I... <laughs> I am losing weight. Maybe that'll change things. But I, I'm 55 years old. I don't know of anybody in the NFL 55. You understand? So that season of my life is different, but it doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan for my 55-year-old self. And that's for everybody in this room. I don't care if you're 85 and thinking, what should I do? God may only want you to bake a cake, but he wants you to do something. He's got a plan for you. You may become one of the greatest, pr greatest prayers in our church, but God wants you to do something. Don't let anything inhibit you from doing the work of God. Don't let anything stop you from doing the work of God. Th th wherever you are, God wants to use you. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to use you. If it's nothing more, if you can't even speak the language, but you can shake a hand, go shake somebody's hand. Come on. I mean, don't think that your days are over or you're ineffective or unusable. God uses what the world can't use. He, uh, listen, if the world had to pick me, when I went into the ministry, nobody said, boy, you're going to be great. Man, you're going to be a great pastor. Wow, you're going to be amazing. As a matter of fact, my pastor looked across the table and he looks me right in the face and says, you're really carnal. 
I thought, well, that's not an endorsement. You know, they didn't even shake my hand walking out the door. I mean, it was like a, Lord bless him as he leaves. Amen. Not really. They love me. I say that funny. But I'm just saying, you know, nobody had, had, the, had the thought that Steve McCart would ever do anything from God. If you're waiting on somebody else to determine your value, you messed up. God is the one who figured out who you are. God is the one who wrote your plan. God is the one who's figured out your future. You ought to shout amen. amen. Don't care what anybody else said. Don't care what anybody else tries to throw on you. Don't care if they said bad things about you. Don't care if somebody said you don't have the money. God will take a broken, messed up, empty checkbook and made a rich man prosperous to serve him. God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think because it's not according to your power. It's according to the power that resides in you. Somebody say, I got the power of God in me. I know you had hard times in the past. I know you've been rejected before. I know folks turned you down. I know the plan went south. Thank God he updates the plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He just updates the plan. Hallelujah. Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. But maybe we didn't get there. And if we don't get there, it's not, I want you to say this, it's not because of God. Right now, right where you're sitting, right where you're sitting, I want you to see yourself in your dream. I want you to go back to the time that God spoke to you. I want you to go back when He dropped into your heart. And you saw something that you knew you could not do. When you saw a path that you knew only He could get you to it. Are you there yet? Here's what you got to know. Only He can get you to it. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. I I could just, listen, listen. When I get done, I think you're going to get something. You can't run with a coat on. You gotta be where you can be filled with a message that permeates you to the point that you express the plan. That you become the plan. It's the natural it's in, in the natural, wearing an overcoat would slow a runner down and keep him from running. In the natural, it would it would do the same thing in the spirit realm. When we have weights and sins. It didn't just say sins, but weights, things, things that are slowing us down. Sin will slow you down. It'll keep you tripping up, and it will prevent you from running this race. Sin in your life will hinder you from fellowship with God. It'll dull your spirit and cause you to be less responsive to the Holy Spirit. I can give you a lot of things, but many people have allowed the sins and the weights to determine their future rather than the Holy Spirit to determine your future. I want you to say this. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. I'm going to follow God's plan.
It's, you know, it's also easy to get entangled in legitimate affairs. Legitimate things. Things that would look good in themselves, but are not what God called you to do. When I started pastoring, I'm a great businessman, really. Not sort of, not kind of. When I was in the business world, I did really, really well. I just have that brain. I went to business school. I have two degrees. One is in marketing, one's in business management. I have a third uh, two-year degree in, in Christian music and Christian management. I, I have a several degrees. So, so I had planned it. I thought it through. But when I started in the ministry, there were several opportunities that people came to me and said, I want you to go into business with me. And some of the businesses looked really good. And I knew if I got in that business, I could make really good money. I'm not talking about you, because some of you are called to make really good money. Some of you are called to be business people. Some of you are called as financers. Some of you are called as helping entrepreneurs do their job. Listen, there's nothing wrong. Listen to me. Hear me. Hear what I'm saying to you. The greatest of all the Old Testament prophets was John the Baptist. He was not a one he was a two. I didn't get no shouting out of that. He was the biggest name, the largest person on the planet at the time. He stood higher than every other prophet at the time. His plans, what he was doing, he baptized in rivers. People ran to get baptized by John. When Jesus came... John stepped back and said, his shoes I'm not worthy to latch it. He stepped back from that position to become the man who supported. See, I know my life. I understand I'm 55. Guess what? I'm not doing this forever. And if I don't prepare somebody, if I don't get a plan in somebody else, if I don't put me in somebody else, the day will come when I will not fashion people to do what God called them to do. See, we had a, 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 there's a system that was in place before me, and I think this group of pastors, me and others like me, are preparing people to take their place because they understand it's less of you and more of Him. It's not I, but Christ that lives in me. Does anybody, I hope somebody's getting what I'm talking about. But when we're willing to say, God, I can step back. I don't need to be seen. Don't nobody need to know who I am. What do you want me to do? Just, I mean, do you want me to catch fish? Pat me on the back. I'm preaching real good. Just pat me on the back. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. You think it was a failure because you had a moment when God backed you up a little bit. I was fixing my car, again, working on my wife's car, and I had to fix something, and I got a wire all tangled up. I had this light that shines through this dashboard, and I had to wire that light up. When I wired the light up, it snapped everything off, all the other buttons, all the other stuff. I had to take the thing back off, get back inside there, and back up <laughs> to get the light in. Why are you mad? Because the Lord is so good to you. <laughs> Why are you so mad that God said, no, no, 
you snap that light off, you're snapping everything else off. Let's just back up a minute because when I'm done with you, I've got a plan. You know that light works now? That light works now. So does everything. Everything's all snapped together. But I had to back up a little bit. Oh, I'm preaching real. You know where you missed it, you got to go back sometimes to get it. I'm not talking about a, a building or a place. I'm talking about a place in the Spirit. I'm talking about where you go back and say, okay, God. Okay, all right, I get it. Okay, wait a minute. All right, maybe some of that hurt was my fault. Maybe, maybe I chose the wrong place. Maybe I hooked up with the wrong people. Maybe you were trying to tell me and I wasn't paying attention. Oh, Ooh, somebody's getting what I'm talking about now. Somebody's hearing me. And we're walking around all wounded and, and, and depressed and hurt. And Lord, why, why, why? And he's trying to say, because of you. I counsel a lot of married couples, and I promise you, when they've gotten a divorce and I bring them in and I say, what did you do? Nobody gets happy. I don't have anybody come in the room and say, well, I was a schmuck. I was terrible. They always want to tell me what they did. Now, he was terrible. He was a drug. He was awful. He didn't love me. He didn't hug me. He didn't kiss me. And he wouldn't cook me dinner. And he was awful. He just always wanted his tea. And I say, well, what did you do? Oh, I was perfect. Those of you that are real married, you really want to talk about, we all know that ain't true. Come on now, that ain't true. Come on. Except for Kirk. Kirk, no. no. <laughs> but when we get to asking the questions and we get down to it, we start getting to the question of, hey, I mean, it may even come down to when you walk down the aisle, but you get down deep enough and you say, when you were getting married, did the Lord tell you don't do it? Oh, Oh, I wish I'd have listened. God tried. He tried to tell me. And if I would have listened, you know, God will work with you. Even if you make the wrong choice, God can fix the choice. How many know He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask or think? We don't have to give up because we made a mess. We just keep working on it, and the Lord works with us. Somebody will say, Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's my helper. It might take a little while, but hang in there. But if we go back, it's because when the Lord began to deal with us, and He began to give us information, and the road signs were there, and people were talking, friends around us would tell us the truth, and we'd ignore them. We wouldn't listen to what they had. Our parents would say, I don't, I don't think that's the right idea. You know, now that I have a son that's 18 years old, I found out something. When you let them go... It ain't like when you were their parent and they had to drive your car, own your stuff, didn't have no money. I mean, you know, when they are out of the house and you say, when you get to be 18, I'm going to let you go. And then you watch, they don't wash no clothes. They don't even bring them out of the room because you're going to serve them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, would you bring, can you get your clothes, put them in the basket, bring them to the washing machine? If you don't do that, you're not going to have any clothes. And then you see them the next day on Monday, get up to go to school and they got dirty clothes on Oh, I know nobody's shouting, but what I'm saying to you, this is like how we treat God. God says, okay, let me let you do what you got to do. But if you just listen to me, you know, you could actually wear clean clothes on Monday. <laughs> I'm preaching so good. Man, I'm preaching so good. So God has a plan. Somebody say, God has a plan. We get back in the car with the real estate agent, and we couldn't get a house. You thought I forgot. It's my story, and I didn't forget it. 
get back in the car. We're riding around. We got W-2 now. We can afford a house. We can get the financing. Nothing's good. Can't find the one we want. It's just not available. The house we want isn't there. You know, you just have something in. We could have chose another one. You stick with what's in your heart. Doesn't matter how you get there. See, sometimes we think it's how we get there. I've got a lot to teach you. Just, just, just hang in there. I'm not going to quit until I'm done. We go back to the office. She says, look, I'm going to tell you. I know you didn't find what you were looking for. I've got one more house. It just came on the market this morning. What happened was the family got a job through Prudential and are moving to some other city. Prudential selling the house. They just want to unload it. They want to unload the house. It's on the back wall. It just came in. I'm going to pull the ticket. We're going to go to the house. She's driving down the road. She comes to the Honda dealership, pulls down the Honda, that road. We're headed to the same, it looks like. All of a sudden, she turns down the road and drives up in the driveway of the house we looked at last year. God preserved He didn't change his mind. Oh, I hope something starts lighting. Please, God, light. They don't have to give up on their plan. God, you put it there. They don't have to walk away from your purpose. You put it there. I don't know how I'm going to get there, God. It may take me a year of waiting on God. I might have to prepare something. I might have to do something. I might have to act in a certain way. Something has to change, maybe. I might have to reject something else to accept this. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? We had the financing, everything we need moved into the house. It was wonderful. When we sold the house, we made 40, almost $50,000, somewhere between forty dollars and $50,000 in capital in the house because we fixed it up and sold it as a flip. It was a benefit to us. It was a blessing for the years we lived in it. I could go on and on. Let me just tell you another. Y'all don't mind my stories, do you? Amy and I wanted a house after this. We wanted to sell it. So we put a sign outside to sell the house. Somebody bought the house for more money than we were asking for it at the time we sold the house. But then we had to consider what we were going to do. We had to move back into an apartment because we actually kind of got out of the house too quick, but we needed a place. We had gone and looked in a neighborhood that we now live in, but let me explain how this happened. There were several houses for sale, and we'd always go put an offer in. And before we got the offer, it just felt like that's where God wanted us. He had a plan. It's a perfect road. It's six miles from the church. It's just where we need to live. It's, it had two, you know, we needed some acres. We wanted more for ourselves. And so God had put this road in our heart. We'd go put an offer in the house. It'd sell before we could buy it. Somebody bought it the day before we got in it. I mean, this kind of thing. And, and I, I even tried to buy a barn. There was a red barn sitting there that was nice. I thought, I'll renovate the barn. Right? I, I and mean, this is my thinking, you know? But what, what, I didn't know what God had in plan. One day, we're back out there looking. We're just driving around. You know, you know, before you buy a car, you ought to rent them. If I can't help nobody, I don't know why I'm doing this, right? 
But how do you know if you like the way the arm sits on the side? You know, I like my arm to sit a certain way on the... Are you with me? That chair's got to have a certain, you know... Do you know what I'm talking about? And so I rent a car. Like if my wife says, I want to go buy that. We go rent the car. If it, just for a day. Just to see if we like it. And every time, this, with us, we ended up, all we could ever like was a Toyota Sequoia. But we rented every other car you could rent. Cadillacs, everything you could rent. And I found out the only one I liked was a Sequoia. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. God has a plan. This is my point. God has a plan. He has a plan. So we're driving down this road. As, as, as we're, every house is sold, I'm going to buy the barn. The barn doesn't work out. But as I'm leaving, the last time I'm looking at the barn on this road, as I'm driving down the road, there's a field to the left of the car. And I said, I'm going to stop here and just walk into this field. Just nothing, just a field. I can't see nothing. The grass is up to my eyeballs. So I'm going to walk through this field. God has a plan. As I'm walking through the field, I find crushed up paper on the ground. I picked up the crushed up paper, put it back together. It was a phone number. It said, for sale, this number. I called the number, and the guy said, thank God somebody finally called. He said, my wife and I are going through some things. I've got to sell this land. What do you want to pay for it? Well... We bought this land, dirt cheap, didn't know what was on it, because the Lord had told me this was the neighborhood. It didn't matter that we'd been refused four or five times. It didn't matter that we didn't have this or didn't have that or the place we were I didn't get discouraged and dis, dismembered and disfuddled and whatever word you can come up with, because it wasn't exactly right. When it's God's plan, it doesn't have to look right. Get on there, cut that, we're on, we're on water. I'm actually, I bought a piece of property on water. Two and a half acres. I got chickens, ducks, rabbits, too many cats, three, three, three children. Y'all didn't get that, that was funny. But God had a plan. And one day as I was driving down the road, when I was ready, when the plan was right, when the purpose was right, God had me dig up what nobody else could see. Yes, amen. Hmm. Hmm. He's got a plan. Ooh, I want you to say, God's got a plan for me. When do we strip off these things now? Sammy, I ain't ready yet. I'm going to go for a few more minutes. They'll live. If you're watching online, live with it. Amen. We strip them off now. We have the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in His name in my place, He said in John 14, 26. He'll act on my behalf. He'll teach you the things to come. He'll show you and recall to you the things that I've done. And He'll bring everything to your remembrance, to your mind. God's not going to pull off the coat you have to pull off. You have to pull the coat off. God doesn't want me to race the wrong way. It's not burdensome. It's not, it's not overweighted what God has on us. He said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. When it's too heavy, it's not God. 
You're not running a heavy race. Difficult encounters are the results of what we've done, where we've failed, and where we didn't strip off the things we needed to strip off. That's that's what's hindering us. Running this race has to be run with patience. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, it says that we're to run with patience. What does that mean? We can also make our way difficult and hinder our spiritual growth if we don't run the race before us with patience. Running our race with patience can be challenging. It's so easy sometimes to become impatient with our desires and see God's plan and purpose filled in our life. We we become impatient. And so we decide we're going to make it happen on ourselves. I'm going to run after it until I get it. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching real good. Some people have, have gone into ministry or gone after ministry and gone to do things that God had not ordained for them to go and do. It wasn't time. Timing is everything. The day of Pentecost fell at the day of Pentecost on the day that they were having the Feast of Weeks, at the day they were having the harvest. I mean, you have to understand, timing is everything. God does not have a place of your time. He doesn't operate in your time. He operates in His time. Stop trying to make God fit your moment. Stop trying to push Him to do something you want to do when it's something He wants to do. you got to let Him drive you forward. you got to let Him lift you up. you got to let Him advance the cause. Many times I've missed it and had to go back and say, I was ahead of God. You need to stay behind Him where you can see what He's doing. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Come on, if you look back, you can see the moment. You jumped at it. You had zeal and energy and excitement. And you had all this fervor and all this stuff burning on the inside of you. And God didn't say go yet. He said, wait, I got to train you. I got to get you ready. I got to burn some stuff out. I got to put some stuff in. I got to fix some stuff. I got to get you to say no. I got to get you to say yes. I got to get... And just because you're good at one thing don't mean you're good at another. It's the leading. I got to follow the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. It hinders us. Running the race without patience is a challenge. Humans can be so time conscious. Many times when we hear from the Lord regarding his plan for us, we want to fulfill it immediately. I'm going to say this to you. You better keep this in your craw. If God is leading you, If the devil can't stop you, because he'll come and try and stop you. I mean, know what I'm talking about. He'll come and try and destroy you, and if he can't do that, you know what he'll do? He'll push you too far. If he can't stop you, he'll push you too far. He'll get behind you and say, okay, you're not going to listen to the Holy Ghost. I'm going to put you out here by yourself. And then you get out there, and there's no Holy Ghost on it. If not for God, you can't do it. Hallelujah. You know, somebody in this room is getting what I'm talking about. Somebody watching online is hearing what I'm saying to you. 
this morning in the early service, I felt like somebody had already went and got a marriage license. Maybe they're watching now. Had already thought about, let's just go ahead and get married. I'm going to tell you again, just like I told them. You better know the details. You better look at the signs. Because just holding hands with somebody doesn't fix all the problems in your life. Oh, I'm preaching real, real good. Real good. You better be able to look at what they've done. You better know they tell the truth. You better know they're honest. See, you've got to build your relationship on honesty. And if they're lying to you now, they're going to lie to you later. Ooh. If all you want is two legs, that's all you're going to get. Better watch out. Better make sure they're serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Him only shalt thou serve. You better investigate them. Look into their lives. Check their credit. Mm, mm, mm. You better know the bank account. I'm telling everybody. So if you think I'm just talking to you, get that weight off your shoulder. I'm not after you. But if it fits, you ought to wear it. And if you think you don't have to do that and you go ahead and sign that paper and get married on Friday, you're going to wish you didn't. That's a warning from the Holy Ghost. It can change before you get there, but don't go there till it changes. I just preach real word right now. I'm going to talk like South Carolina now, right there. Right there. I done gone to the word right there. Right there. You can't avoid the Holy Ghost. Or you can avoid Pastor Stephen act like he didn't talk. But if it came through the Holy Ghost, you can't avoid the Holy Ghost. You can't bypass him. Folks, I'm preaching a dynamic message. And if you're the guy sitting next to the girl or the girl sitting next to the guy hoping I'd shut up, forget it. I'm not going to. That's not my job. My job is to make you mad. My job is to say the truth. Oh, I wish he'd shut up. I wish he'd be quiet. He's going to wreck my relationship. If it saves them, their kids, and the family around them, and the people they have, and it keeps them safe, I hope I wreck it. (laughs) For you online. I wouldn't say it if the Holy Ghost didn't come on me. I wouldn't say it if the Holy Ghost didn't come on me. Humans, we want to get past things. I saw this, and I saw that, and I had a dream of this. Years ago, I was in Family Worship Center in a wonderful service. Presence of God came. Great men of God. Great men of God was ministering. I went up to get laid hands on. Pastor Reggie left the platform, walked down the stairs, walked over to me, and laid hands on me in the room. When he did, I fell to the floor. 
And the Spirit of God came on me, and I tell you, in my spirit, I heard what would be considered by, I heard it in my spirit, like it was the audible voice of God. It told me something about my future. I heard God. I knew it was God. It was an enormous service and wonderful service. It was under the anointing that I trust and have confidence in. And when I heard it, I knew God had a plan somewhere in the future. I know it's there. I know what he said. I know exactly what he said. Not one thing's happened to make that develop. Not one thing has occurred that's ever led me that direction yet. Not one thing that I've, I've expected to hear from God. Get on a ship. Get on a plane. Meet a pastor. Find somebody. Go around a corner. And I hadn't heard none of it yet. But it doesn't change the fact that God said it. And if it's the last day of my life. And I'm standing in that place on that day. It's because God had a plan, and He will make His plan come to pass. Stop trying to make. When God told me I'm going to build churches, I heard Him. Go to Florence. That's where you're going to build your first church. That's exactly what I heard from Him. That's where you're going to build your first church. I knew when He said first, He didn't mean only. At that time, I thought I'm going to be getting in planes and I'm going to be going to other cities and I'm going to start a church here and start a church there and a ministry here and a ministry there. You know what the Lord's done? He planted me in Florence and he started four churches right here from this church and never told me to go to Columbia. He never told me to go to Georgetown. He hadn't told me to go to Sumter. I'm doing it now because we're waiting on the right person at the right time. I know, uh, I know that uh, Hartsville's coming. He told me to go to Hartsville. Had I messed up what he said, just because you heard it doesn't mean you manifest it. <laughs> Man, I'm preaching good. He manifests it. He delivers it. He produces it. He funds it. He promotes it. He. And when you just step back in God and say, okay, God, till you move me. Till you move me. I mean, even though it looks bad, even though I was watching Stetson Bennett. Anybody know who Stetson Bennett is? Well, I'm going to tell you who Stetson Bennett is. You ready? He's the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs. Last year, he won the national championship. Was the MVP of the, the whole thing. He's 5'11". On average, quarterbacks are 6'1 to 6'4". 5'11". When he first came out of high school, the first place he went was to the scout team at Georgia, was never considered to be quarterback or thought of ever to be the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs. The coach refused to see him, wouldn't put him on the team. He just played scout team as a quarterback. After his first year at Georgia, he left there, went to a junior college. While at the junior college, he threw for 2,000 yards, went back to Georgia afterwards. But in his heart, when you read his story, he only wanted to play for the Georgia Bulldogs. You know what I believe? I believe that was an implanted vision in his life. He may not even know it. He might not know what I'm talking about. But that stuff don't come on its own. You don't get a ministry call on your own. 
Because it's not a job. It's not a duty. It's a call. For the next two years, he was nothing. Still the scout kid, nothing. Served under other quarterbacks until one day God gave him his shot. That's how I'm going to put it, God gave him. I mean, he got up there. In, the, in that year, last year, 2021, he got an opportunity to play quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. Because it was so embedded in his heart, when he went out to play quarterback, he ended up being the national champion quarterback. This year, for the first time in his life, in his fifth year at quarterback, what if this year he's the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs and he scored 46 points yesterday? North Carolina State was going to, they had got a new coach. The coach took the whole team out onto the court. He walked them up to the basketball. He put a ladder at the end of the court. This was the year that the North Carolina State uh, won the national championship in basketball. The coach, Valvano, is that his name, Valvano? Took them and had them cut the nets down before they ever played one practice. The first practice they had was cutting the nets on the basketball goal. This is our goal. This is the plan. But you had a whole season to play. See, when God gives you a plan, don't let anything stop you from God's plan. Don't let mistakes and failures and, and, and errors and challenges. I mean, God did not change His mind. Patience. Patience. Lastly, I'm going to finish right here just to finish. I don't plan to come back to this next week. This is a this week message. God doesn't operate in real time. He operates in His time. Somebody say amen. Amen. Sometimes when God says something to believers about His plans in their lives, they try to make it come to pass on their own. That won't work. We need to just stay in faith regarding God's plan and let God bring to pass what He has told us. Sometimes when the Lord says something to me about the ministry and I've missed it, he comes back to tell me, see, that didn't work. And God's going to do the same to you. Some may think that the Lord didn't really speak, but that's not true. That's not true. God speaks. It's us. We're the reason. Jesus would rather be for you to be behind him than be ahead of him because if you're behind him, you can see him. You can follow his leading. Learn not to jump out ahead of him. But just allow Him to bring to pass the purpose and stay faithful for the promise and be prepared as He teaches you. You see, just because the Lord says something to you doesn't mean He wants you to do it immediately. Amen. Doesn't, this is the thing when I see people and they come to me and say, the Lord told me. And then they don't do it and it doesn't work out. And then they come back and say, well, maybe He didn't. Well, maybe He did and you didn't. Jeremiah, he's got a great plan for your life, son. Great plan. I've been fired several times from a church. (laughs) That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Not because of them, but because of me. I thank God for a pastor who always brought me back. You know, I mean, always. He he just had a mercy towards me and saw the hand of God on my life. He'd always bring me back. And today, I'm a great, great benefit to him continuing to do what was right. But I could have missed the whole thing. Because I couldn't get up in the morning and be at work on time. 
could have missed the whole plan of God because I couldn't set an alarm clock. Maybe you don't have a promotion today because you didn't set an alarm clock. Well, I don't know if God wanted me to be the boss. No, maybe He did and you just couldn't set an alarm clock. Maybe you couldn't keep your mouth shut and you were a big gossip at the job. Maybe he wanted to make you the head of the thing, the big. He wanted to use you to start a business, but you couldn't keep your mouth shut. We put off every weight. See what I'm talking about? He isn't just that. I mean, when you're, I mean, when we're dealing with marriage, the same thing, for God's sake, it's our fault. We're too selfish sometimes. Maybe we need to say sorry, and maybe we need to change, and maybe they need to see us do something about our own life. It's not necessarily about them. I'm preaching real good. God's already prepared a plan for you, but you're not ready yet. You haven't fulfilled the steps to get to the plan. You think you're there. But there are things God wants to work out, and you don't even know what they are. But you've got to take the time to say, you know what? I could have quit, but I didn't quit. I could have walked away, but I didn't walk away. See, that's what I'm saying. I could have walked away from Family Worship Center. I could have missed the plan of God for my life through Pastor Reggie. I could have missed my destiny, but I didn't. I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. God has a plan and a destiny. I'm I'm going to finish in about 30 minutes. That's a joke. I'm just kidding. Days of preparation are never lost. Days of preparation are never lost. Says it this way, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold to the traditions which you've been taught, whether by word or by epistles. Never, never fails. How, uh, when going through times of preparation, it's not always easy. And sometimes the price, there's a price that has to be paid. The Lord had told me, Steve, you can't. Be involved in business. And a lot of opportunities. People gave me great opportunities. But I knew, for me, for the ministry, that that would have become a weight. And it would have withdrawn me from his plan. And even though I had to sacrifice by not having the millions of dollars, I don't know what it would have been. It would have been worse to have the millions and miss the call. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Mm. I said, no. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Ooh. See, I know when he's in the room. I know. And his plan's far greater. Some of you just want happy. Some of you walk around all the time, you just want happy. But God never said happiness was your strength. God didn't say he wanted to make you happy. He said he wanted to fill you with joy. It's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. Our our goal is not happy. Our goal is the joy of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 